Welcome to The Coaching Question. This is the podcast for people who want to know more about coaching, how to commission it, when to use it, and really, what is it all about? Join Gregor Findlay and Sarah Turner, two executive coaches, for an honest conversation. In today's episode, we ask the question, why should we bother with a systemic approach and constellations in coaching? So, Gregor, tell us a little bit about the difference between a systemic approach and constellations. So describe a systemic approach. I think it's useful to think about if somebody's busy chopping a tree, they're great, they're they're chopping a tree down, but somebody might climb up the tree and when they look out, they might notice they're actually in the wrong forest, chopping down down the wrong type of tree. So really systemic uh, approach is about taking a much wider view and constellations is about is a technique that you can use within a systemic approach. Yes. Which really represents the system. And you're highly visual, so it gets it out visually. But other people are much more kinesthetic, so maybe it's hard to do that in the times of COVID, but in terms of having you know, physically doing stuff, if they're much more kinesthetic or involved in the somatic, then that can be a different way of working. Mm. And I'm just thinking for our listeners, if they're not familiar with the term system or the system, um, whether it's useful just to clarify that. And, and just tell me what you think. When I talk about a system, I'm talking about an organisation or I'm talking about a school, an educational establishment, anything that you've been part of, any system, any collection of individuals who come together for a common purpose as a system. I think even then, for a common purpose, I think that's a bit too tight. Okay. Maybe. Um, well, if you think if I'm CEO of Unilever, my system are the stakeholders and the people and um, who's involved by water uptake in India. They've got nothing to do. They know nothing about my purpose. But the part of the, they are part of the system yeah. that's involved. It's exemplified by a systemic coaching question, which is, what is it that your world expects of you that you're struggling to step up to? And it's this a definition of your world. I'm not sure if you can hear, but part of my world is I have a dog whining outside the door. <laughs> Hopefully he's not going to disturb us. But when you ask that question, your world, people will say, what do you mean? They said, your team, your customers, your boss. Your stakeholders. Your stake, your, all of your stakeholders, your family. So if I've got something going on at home, I said, I'm coaching a guy who's gone through a really horrible divorce. And when I talk to his stakeholders, the key stakeholders he has, they're all really cognizant that he's been through a really tough time. That's part of the system. And in fact, your family that you're born into is your first system that you're part of. Yeah, and before that, you were in a system with your mother in the womb and the, the sounds you could hear through the womb wall. Yeah. So even then, you're in the system and the nutrients that your mother takes in they're part of the system that's going to impact you. So I'd never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right. So systems, we're all part of systems and we, we join systems, we belong in systems and we leave systems. And when we think about systems in coaching, typically we're working with a client, as you said there, where we're asking them or we're exploring with them the world that they're in. So that's their clients, their stakeholders, their colleagues. And quite often we're thinking about how that might be having an impact or influencing whatever it is that they're bringing to their coaching. Yeah, I think when a coach is taking a systemic approach, we are helping. If I go back to the chopping a tree analogy, they're busy chopping a tree 
And what we're helping them do is to stand back and to see the forest and the landscape and all of the things that are actually impacting them and that they could be thinking of that they're not thinking of or not processing. Yeah, and I think that's so often the case in coaching, isn't it? Because the client will come in with whatever it is that they're wanting to, to focus on and they have their own perspective, they have their own lived experience and often they're deep in the weeds in terms of what's going on and that systemic approach kind of lifts them up and enables them to take more of a meta view, looking at it from a different perspective, which can be really transformative. Yeah, actually, it's a good way to put it. It's being systemic is going meta on things, mm. but maybe that's a bit meta. <laughs> we like to exemplify things with stories. So we were talking before the show that what would be a good example? Yes. And I was thinking about a guy I coached, and he came from a sort of data analysis space. He was a really expert. He was the only guy in the company that really got this stuff. But he was based in the UK. And he was part of a pan-European operation. And because he was the only one that really understood it, the rest of the organization didn't understand that if you think about maybe a Formula One team, this was a new lubrication that the engine needed to go faster. And in fact, it could give like a 20-30% uplift in performance if they used this new lubrication. But they didn't understand it. And so they all have different priorities. He was only viewing it from his quite narrow perspective. His boss, uh, who's had this pan-European remit, he could see different elements in the system and how it wasn't gelling, but it wasn't his problem to sort it. It was my guy's problem to sort it. So one of the things we had to do was take a really systemic approach in looking at all the different stakeholders that were involved, where their priorities were, and then being able to work within that system. And what we did then was we use constellations as part of that process. And a constellation is a visual representation, isn't it? So are you mapping out? Yeah, a visual or physical representation of what's going on. And I tend to keep a set of post-it notes in my bag that are in the shape of arrows. So when you constellate, when you do a constellation, it's really important when you're using objects that they have a sense of directionality. So you could use salt cellars on a tabletop, but you need to have some way of marking that some directionality because you need to know where the stakeholder is pointing. And that's really important because it's about if I'm mapping out something and I'm placing myself in the system and I'm thinking about my relationship with my boss, it's important to think about are we looking at each other or are we looking in different directions and are we close together or are we far apart and all of these are the sorts of questions that can be really insightful and powerful. You've got the directionality and you've got how close the different elements of the system are together. So I was able to put him, he placed himself, you know, the poster note representing him moving forward with his strategy. And then you had his boss who was quite close to him, pretty much pointing in the same direction. But you had the really key and influential stakeholder um, who was running Germany. and. He was pointing away from the strategy, not completely away, but not towards the real direction of strategy, and was quite distant from the key stakeholder. 
there was another stakeholder who was in between. My client was closer to, okay. and this person in the system was quite close to the, the head of Germany. So there was, we could see there, that's a potential route for more influence. But we might never have talked about that person if we hadn't brought yeah. them out onto the table. And literally, we were bringing people out onto the table and situations out onto the table. And that kind of links back to this meta view idea where when you're in the weeds, when you're stuck in, a, in the situation, often you don't necessarily see these key individuals and the influence they're having. And that's what the value of something like a constellation can bring, as you say, because you suddenly realise, ah, I hadn't figured this person was such a key person for me to be working through or influencing. I really remember that session because all these lights were going on for the client as we were going through. And then what we were able to do is say, well, what what happens if you move that person? What do you need to do with that person such that they were to move here? And that's where they needed to be. And Yeah. And so one of the questions that I'll often ask when I'm doing something like that is to ask that question, you know, what would a step for better look like? So how do we improve things just in one step? What's one thing that would, you know, free up the system? Oh, I really like that question. Say that again. One step for better. What is one step for better? So one step you can take that might free up the system. So as you say, that might be moving two people closer together or changing the direction that someone else is facing. And the other thing that a constellation can do, which I think also is quite powerful, is when you're thinking about the culture, how does the culture, because sometimes you can represent the culture in the constellation as well. So what else is going on or unsaid that might be getting in the way here or causing a blockage? Yeah, that, that made me think of force field analysis, which might be a, a very old way of getting it elements of the system if you do a force field analysis which elements are pushing towards the way you want to go and which ways what things are pushing against force field analysis mm. is quite a, a systemic perspective just to illustrate how that can work as i was doing a consultation with a client who was um, having a conflict with a colleague and when we were mapping out the system culture was very important for him to represent in his consultation because his view his perspective was that he took very seriously the way things should be done and and when we were playing this out on the constellation he actually ended up standing on top of the representation for culture so that made him very tall and taller than this other person and that really opened up something for him he realized how that could potentially be causing difficulty in his relationship with this person as you mentioned earlier i'm a visual person so for me mapping it out seeing all the different elements of the system looking at it from different angles playing around with how you might move someone or change the direction they're facing all of that can open up new thinking. I think one of the really key things about a systemic approach is you're making sure you're not missing something really important. It's, and it's quite easy to do that. So I met someone who worked very closely with Boris Johnson during his time as Mayor of London. And he basically said that if you just see him working a room or you just meet him one-to-one, he is the most charming individual. And he's really fantastic at that. So if you were just to meet him, he would work his magic on you. It's only when you stand back from that situation and from any scenario that you and do some more research, you find that individual is basically what I heard was he's, he really doesn't do detail. He doesn't do plans. He needs other people around him in order for that to happen. So it, it's a, I thought it was a good mm. example of if you just see one element of the system, you really don't know what's going on. You have to step much further back. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know whether this is 
is worth sharing, but you mentioned this briefly earlier. Another way of doing a consultation is to physically get a group of people together and to stand up and move people as you would do if you've got a post-it arrow or whatever else it might be that you're using. And where you have the opportunity to do this, what can be hugely, I think, eye-opening is when you when you have somebody, so if I'm a, a physical representation for somebody in a system, for, for them to then ask me how I'm feeling and what's going on for me, and although I know nothing about the person or the organisation or the detail of the issue, I can just share what's coming up for me based on where I'm standing in relation to everybody else. Yeah, so it's something we use in supervision because that's a, that's actually a good scenario yes. for it, and it is amazing what you're able to access just by knowing yeah. the situation and you're playing the role of that person. You can surface a, a lot of yes. data. I think it's something that's much more used in family therapy rather than necessarily so much organisational settings. But in terms of that physical proximity, I can give a slightly different example of creating a representation so you know, consultants like two by two matrices but if you map out a two by two matrix on the ground and maybe you've got directionality of travel but you basically got something you can map out on the floor but then you ask members of the team to place themselves now so part of the data you get everybody gets is they can see where people are somebody is far yeah. more towards the new strategy than, than not for example but you also see where people are relative to one another and so you suddenly see that that um, sales and marketing are very close together on this and, and finance are very distant but sales and marketing might have thought finance were right with them you surface lots of stuff that you just wouldn't have been aware of until mm. you do the exercise so that i think that's a it's not quite the family therapy or supervision perspective but it's still a really useful use of physicality to represent what's going on in the system I wonder whether it might be useful to go back to just revisit some of the systemic coaching elements now as well, because it might be, it's, I think constellations is quite a hard concept, quite a difficult concept to get your head around and, unless you've actually tried it or experienced it. And a constellation isn't necessarily the only way to get at thinking about the system. And just through asking some powerful systemic questions, such as the one you shared earlier, can be really useful. So you can still get at thinking more broadly and how the system is having an impact yeah, for example, with a team, you'll use the some outside-in and forward-back questions because if a team's going to think more strategically, they need to be thinking from the future. But also, if you're going to systemic approach, they need to think from the outside and their stakeholders. So in 1995, the RSA, and it was a consultancy called The Success Company, they came up with quite a systemic approach. But the research showed back in 1995 that the companies that were most successful or the companies that they measured the success in terms of their stakeholders, not just their bottom line, etc. So they were taking all their stakeholders into account. Yeah, so, for yeah. example, some systemic questions might be, who does your team serve? What will they require different from you in the future? Now, the success model question that I really like is, when you're successful as a team, what will they be doing differently? Which is such yeah, a list of so much stuff. It's fantastic. But you think of it, who does the team serve? What will they require differently from the future? What would you regret in two years' time not having addressed? So that you're thinking about the future, but you're also thinking from the stakeholders' perspectives. Yeah, and and thinking about our listeners. So if we've got some people in HR or L&D listening to our podcast and thinking, how do I know? Do any of the coaches I work with, do they have a systemic approach? 
And when should I specifically look for a coach or engage a coach who has that perspective? I wonder if it's useful just to reflect on that for a moment. One of the things, one of the elements for me, if you were to consider that question is, if we think about coaching as a jigsaw, there's a number of different pieces that make up the overall picture. And the individual, the client or coachee is only one of those pieces. And if we don't have a perspective that enables us to view things from those different angles, such as what else is going on within the organisation or the stakeholders, we are in danger of only working in isolation with only one element of one perspective, one viewpoint. So that's not to say that you must always engage a coach that has a systemic approach, but I think that there may be the opportunity for a greater value to be derived if you have a coach that does have that angle. I think it does depend on the context of the coaching. For example, first 90 days coaching, the individual's got to get into a certain space. It is useful for the organization. Clearly, it's very beneficial for the organization. You're not really getting into the system. You are helping the client move into the system, but you're not really taking a systemic approach. But I think if you're dealing with any anybody senior in an organization, that's got anything to do with change, culture, strategy, wider leadership, I would want a systemic approach. And a quick test is, does the coach want to speak? First of all, have a a three-way with the boss because they're an important part of the system. So just just to clarify, the three-way is an opportunity for the coach to meet with the client and the boss to understand the objectives for the coaching. For me, it's to make sure that the goals, objectives of the client are aligned with the goals and objectives of the organisation. But if the coach isn't interested in talking to the stakeholders, that would set up an alarm for me. So if I think about a a guy I've just started coaching, he's moved from one organisation in the industry to another. And he was at this other organisation for 20 years. He clearly is really good at what he does, but he was in that system and he grew up in that system. And that system has got a different set of rules. And what is respected in that system isn't respected as much in this new system. And different things are respected in this new system. So he's having to adapt to function in the new system. He's also had a promotion to a new level, and the expectations at that new level are different from the expectations he's been working at. So he's experiencing two very big shifts from a systemic nature. Yes. So part of the interviewing I've been doing with the stakeholders isn't just about him and finding out about what's going on there. I've also been asking questions about what's the expectations in this culture that he's not meeting. I just want to check, does that answer what we're talking about? Yeah, I think it does. We know that systemic coaching is about looking at the system, so that's the organisation or the entity and the key stakeholders in that system. And consultations is just purely a way of representing that system. And the value of this approach in coaching is to really be able to step back and be separate and be more objective so you can see what's going on in that system with a view to unlocking new learning and and new thinking. That's a great summary. And I I realise I get so wrapped up in uh, this particular topic, time's just been flying by for me. (laughs) I really wasn't cognizant of, of the time. So as we come to the end of the show, do you have any top tips? I'm particularly thinking about the HRL&D audience, uh, top tips when it comes to systemic or constellations. I think the, the main thing that would come to mind, which is particularly prevalent at the moment with us all working from home because of COVID-19, is that you know coaching doesn't always have to be done face-to-face. 
So naturally, all of my coaching has moved online. And with the wonders of technology nowadays, tools such as Zoom have whiteboards. So you can still do a constellation of visual representation on something like a whiteboard virtually. So don't always have to be in person doing it in the room. Yeah, and, and I think, so I've used whiteboards in a team environment to map out a constellation on the whiteboard, and it's easy to be sceptical about it, but you'll be amazed mm. at what you can, you probably wouldn't be, <laughs> but I think people will could be amazed at what is actually yeah. achievable by using a whiteboard to look at the system. It's really yeah. incredible. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. We appreciate any feedback and we're keen to respond to any questions there are out there about using and implementing coaching in organisations, particularly about the systemic uh, constellation stuff. So please email us on info at thecoachingquestion.com. We'll put more details, interesting resources in the show notes. And please do give us a rating on iTunes or your preferred podcasting platform. It really helps us spread the word to a wider audience. Thank you very much and we'll see you next time. Thanks very much.